Ah. Wow. Welcome. I got my tea. It's a late night. But we here. It's a quality pod. We're back. It's me and my girl, Miss Kenya Mack. We got a great show for you. We got some quality comments already in the building. Shout out to T-Mac. Hey, Ma. Holding it down in Florida for us, saying hello, all. Hello, hello. Miss Kenya McIntosh is saying. Like for the algorithm. Like for the algorithm. Why wouldn't you? I don't know. They don't want this practical religion to spread Mm-mm. to the people. Mm-mm. Man. Y'all need to hit that like button, spread this message far and wide. We have a great show for you. You see the topics. Oh, but we got to reset that. Okay. Things Christians need to stop. And you see the thumbnail. It's Mr. Joe Biden, the leader of the free world. Rookie. Like Eminem said name out. Leader of the free world. Rookies. Lookie. I can't even repeat the rest. That's foul. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Mitch McConnell... And then a clown, because this is a, this is a clown world. So we're going to be, but before we get into that, I'm going to be breaking down a segment from With the Perrys, uh, the Perrys, Jackie Hill Perry and her husband Preston. Uh, we like to break down their clips because we think they have really fruitful conversation. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that just don't talk about them or react to them or push their conversation further. So yeah. we want to acknowledge them and all the thought that they put into it and, you know, leading these important conversations forward so we're going to be talking about stop supporting celebrity pastors we're going to be talking about five things christians should never do and then we're going to get to the heart of it we're going to say our leaders need nurseries not votes that's a spicy one that is a spicy one but we're going to talk about it we want to thank everybody for joining us today even if you're not active in the chat we appreciate you for being here being here late i've had a really really busy week and i'm about to have a super busy week and a half um, but the shows will continue um, we will have a profitable conversation on monday as well as a profitable conversation on tuesday and we're going to have Mr. Alan Jay, who's supposed to be scheduled for the one on Monday. And then we're going to have, uh, you know, the Coach Profit Profitable Conversation on Tuesday. Our, play, our teams are playing this weekend, so it's the first tournament of the fall. So we're going to get some reactions to that and maybe have on another coach to answer some questions because we got some really, really good just dialogue surrounding like baseball, surrounding leading some of these youth players in the right direction. I thought it was a really good day. What did you think about the podcast before we get into our topics today? Like, uh, um, the Coach Profit oh, segment. I, I thought it was really good. I think it's pretty cool how, I guess, like the guys look up to you and the other coaches and how you guys are able to kind of mold them, in a sense, into who they will become as men. Right. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, everybody needs strong leaders in their life, and hopefully we're doing our part to push them in the right direction so that they can grow up to be productive members of society and to be leaders to the next generation so that they can foster them to also be productive members of society. But we're going to get to people who aren't leading us to be productive members of society, but that's going to be in our third segment. First, let's get into our first segment, Stop Supporting Celebrity pastors man so celebrity pastors 
have become a huge thing. You know, they garner huge social media followings, but there always comes down to like, are they actually in the word or do they do things just to get attention? Right. You have, you know, Michael Todd and his church at, um, what's this church called? Transformation. Transformation. Yeah, transformation going over the top at Easter service. Some people have a problem with people like Stephen Furtick. But it's not that all their teaching is bad. It's just sometimes it feels like they go over the top yeah. and put more emphasis on their Themselves. production and the show of what they're doing yeah. rather than the actual message of Christ and actually helping people to transform. And so I think that the Perrys had a very interesting conversation that doesn't really talk directly about any of these celebrity pastors, but it kind of talks to the heart of that issue. And so we are going to get into that right now. So let's react to our first segment. Let me make sure I got it queued up properly. All right, here we go. I was like, I wonder how social media is actually making it hard for most local pastors. What do you mean? Because on social media, also, what you got is you kind of got top tier preaching. I'm not saying content, but like stylistically, yeah. you got people that are really great rhetorically. Yeah, they, those they, are the they people know who how, get the most followers quick. But I think like it, it can make it hard for teachers and pastors. They're, they're not great rhetorically, but they're solid. Yeah. So this is interesting. So she contrasts the the local pastor from the person with a large social media following and how that this world that we live in could be affecting you know somebody who really has a heart for God but maybe isn't the most dynamic speaker and so they're not garnering a lot of this following and then they look at somebody maybe like a Stephen Furtick or a Michael Todd who's very good uh, at orating and, you know, getting a message across and really being captivating, right? But they feel like they don't want to compromise on maybe the message, right? But I think there's a way to do both where you you improve your skills as an orator, where you're able to speak and to captivate an audience, but still stay true to the message without going over the top, without diving into the world, but staying true to the word. Yeah, I agree. I think... I think sometimes, especially now, and especially for younger Christians, like they'll see like the big social media, big celebrity preachers, and then they'll compare that with other, like she said, the local church, and be like, well, I kind of like how they say it. So instead of going and attending and being involved in the community, my local church, I'm just going to stay home and like watch this church. Right. And they miss out on, I think, the bigger picture of what church is supposed to be. Which is like the shared experience of where two or three are gathered in my name. You kind of go back to that verse that's in Ecclesiastes, I believe. Two or three. No, I don't think so. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, I'm. Not, I, I forget. But it kind of goes back to the heart of that. So let's dive into some more. And so I just, what do you think about that? Like how social media is even influencing the 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 standards people are setting for what they want in church. I will warn people. I will warn people to one, pray about what type of leadership that you go up under locally and what kind of influences you listen to on social media. That's something we talk about all the time. What are you consuming on social media? And so it's okay to follow some of these guys that are very captivating, but what are you doing 
outside of them that is feeding your spirit as well? Are you just looking to them as idols, as many gods in your life? Or are they just, you know, a part? Are you just taking their perspective because you kind of like how they orate or how they captivate you? And are you taking that with a grain of salt, understanding and applying discernment that, okay, these are still men, even though they're been blessed with a, a wide audience and the ability to speak right? There's still men that are full of flaws. So sometimes they're not always going to be directly on point. Sometimes they might be completely off base. But if you have these blinders on and like kind of a one track mind that, oh, this is this person, this is this celebrity pastor, and they're great because they've garnered this huge following and they must be doing everything right. Well, then now you've placed them on this pedestal where they're actually telling you what you should believe, what your theolo- how your theology should be shaped, when in reality, right, your relationship with God is very unique with, or is very unique from everybody else's. And so in order to get a full, more holistic theology, right, you need to be taking perspectives from everybody and applying the discernment that you're learning from diving into the word of God, also praying, but and then also the preaching that you hear. But you don't want to just take your favorite preacher's word for it, right? Yeah. You have to do the work yourself as well. Yeah, you don't want you definitely don't want to take whatever a preacher says as I guess your gospel in a sense, especially if it doesn't mm-hmm. align with the word of God, because that'll lead you down a destructive path, even if it feels like it might not. Oh, yeah. Amen to that. Because it is way more beneficial to be under somebody who points you to Jesus than it is to be under somebody who just merely entertains you. It, it, it is it is way it is way more beneficial. And I think, you know, praise God if you get both. Yeah. But but, you know, it, a good example, Tony Evans is a both. Yes. Uh, an excellent, clear, winsome, persuasive communicator. One of my favorites of all time. Solid. One yeah. of my favorites of all time. Um, yeah, and, and Charlie Dates. Charlie Dates. Tim Keller. Tim Keller. Um, uh, Eric Mason. Eric Mason. Yeah, the, it's, yeah, so many good passes that do both. And so praise God if you can get both, mm-hmm. right? But the 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 main thing is, you want to be up under somebody who shows you God because at the end of the day, it's more important for somebody to show you God because that will do is that will teach you how to look for God when you're not at church. Mm-hmm. So he's saying it's more important for somebody to show you God so that when you go out and you are living the life or living your life, your the landscape and the lens of which you view it is a godly lens, right? If you are just taking in what ex pastor is saying and right, they're popular and they can drive you and you know charge you up emotionally, right? They might not be teaching you how to do it yourself. Yeah, yeah, actually view the world in a godly way, and it's actually doing more harm than good because you're not actually taking the steps of becoming more like Christ, of actually transforming your heart. You're just staying it's almost like a high, right? You get high emotionally and you're like, oh, that was great. But then you got to keep coming back to this pastor, right? Instead of relying on the process of following Jesus, of taking up your cross, of dying to your flesh, of all these things and all these lessons that we get from the word of God.
shows you, okay, he he points to he points to, to 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 Jesus in every single passage, and so he might not be the most entertaining pastor. But when I go home, I have a framework to how to to, to, to read the scriptures and to know how to look for him myself mm-hmm. because I'm seeing it modeled every single week. Mm-hmm. And I could practically say, you know, listen to somebody that's boring. It's hard. It is. <laughs> like, I'm bored by yeah, a lot of preachers. Mean. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, okay, like you really going to speak at this level? Yeah, I would. I think at first it is. And then once you really compare it to, I guess, the word, and you really see how it all meshes together, I think then it becomes more interesting. But I think... It also, the whole topic makes me think of like the kind of videos that you watch sometimes. Um, I can't, I don't know the guy's name. Like I, Icon, Idol Killer. Oh, Idol Killer and Beyond the Fundamentals probably yes. specifically. Yes. Like, who you're talking, thinking like, about. Yes. Like at first, like it kind of sounds very boring, very like dry. But if you're actually like in tune and listening, it's very insightful actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, because a lot of people will take things at face value and think, okay, that's not my vibe. That's not my rhythm. Instead of going into it with an open mind and actually engaging in it for what it is. Because when you start to engage in things, especially things that are you're not necessarily comfortable with or not necessarily the things that you're attuned to, when you start engaging in them and then actively participating, then you're actually becoming more of a whole person because then you can engage in, okay, I can engage in stuff that's, you know, upbeat and emotional, but I can also engage in really critically breaking down things and really thinking about things in a holistic way. Yeah. And so it's it's good to be well-rounded at not only as a person, but in the way that we think about God and in our theology as well. Yeah, and that also helps when it comes to understanding the faith as a whole so if someone comes up to you and they have a question or they have a counter argument right you have something you can go back on right i mean and also you never know who you're going to run into you may mm-hmm. run into somebody who would respond better to something that's more motivational more emotional but then you also may have somebody who just needs it broken down in a more critical way where you're going to have to engage in a more I guess, intellectual battle, Mm -hmm. right? Where they're thinking like, okay, how does this and this and this work? And you can actually engage in the conversation rather than being like, okay, let me refer you to this or I don't know, right? You can actually, and there's nothing wrong with saying that if you genuinely don't, it's better than just, you know, talking out your butt. But it allows you to, you know, plant seeds that wouldn't have been planted if you weren't well-rounded in that way. But the can I say something though? Go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off, but I used to I used to feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But that's because I was that's because I myself was shallow in God's Interesting. word. Interesting. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's I I can I I was able to and also too a lot of people who I thought was boring that ended up not being boring when I when I mm-hmm. learned the word for myself because mm-hmm. I thought Tim Keller was boring. Yeah, when you start to swim in the text. Yes, when yeah. I first saw hearing Tim Keller like back in the day, I was like, "This man don't don't raise his voice not one time <laughs> or whatever." But but he became one of my favorite. Tim. 
RIP um, Tim Keller, he mm-hmm. became one of my favorite, favorite Bible teachers because I knew he was going to point me to Jesus. Yeah. And I knew he was going to do it. And this man had the ability <laughs> to say the most pro- profound things mm-hmm. in the most mundane way. Mm-hmm. Like, Amen. And I was just like, yo, this man is amazing. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But back then, I didn't have an ear for it because I was I, I was I spent so much time trying to be entertained. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't even know what being pointed to Jesus even looked like. I was like, I wonder how and so, I mean, that was that was a very good bre- breakdown yeah, at the good. end there, where he's like, "Man, I didn't even have an ear for these this different style of preaching and being open to the truth that these men and the knowledge that I can impart from them because I was so busy wrapped up and I was one track minded in this area of being entertained." And so, it's very important to look at things from a holistic perspective to where. You don't want to be too far on this side, but also you don't want to be too far on that side. You want to engage with both, but also have the discernment to be like, okay, y'all are too in the weeds yeah. intellectually over here sometimes where y'all are just, you know, just too in the weeds essentially. And then over here, y'all are just too rah-rah and yelling and screaming and it's getting a bit ridiculous, right? And so you want to you want to come back to be very balanced, right? I mean, I think that's a good way to live your life about you want to have balanced in your diet so you want to have balance like work-life balance that's something that everybody's striving for um and that looks different for everybody but you want to have some semblance of balance also when it comes to your faith walk i think that brings us to our question i got a question i got a question is social media watering down the gospel what do you think yeah absolutely Mm. no doubt but yeah, I do because I think the people that are on social media actually spreading the gospel and actually doing it in a really good way kind of get overlooked by people that are more interested in the whole entertainment side of things right. and the whole changing the tone of your voice and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I also, there's also this creators who drum up ridiculous things especially when it comes to the bible that just aren't true yeah like there's like a lot of tiktoks that i've seen where they're like this crazy event happened here over here and it fulfills this prophecy and then i'll go and look up like what happened and there's just no data that indicates that that happened and it's like uh and and it'll have like hundreds of thousands of views and i'll be like yeah it's like misleading people. You know, like, yeah, this is this is great if this were true, but I yeah. wanted to make sure. So, like, if I was were to react to that video or send it out to somebody else, that it's actually, you know, something that is credible, right? Because I mean, I don't want to stake my reputation on sending somebody or just misleading them, as you know, I'm misled by what's on the screen. And so, um, it's important that you do apply discernment. I think a lot of this comes back to. Are you taking the steps every day to gain wisdom and discernment so that the gospel that you're carrying with you isn't watered down, even though if you look out on social media, it can be watered down. But it also goes back to what is on your feed. Are you filtering out the things that are watering down the gospel? Or are you following people who are staying true to the word and staying true to who God has called them to be, right? And there's nothing wrong with 
you know, following somebody and then realizing, uh, maybe yeah. this person's iffy. I've done that. That's with, happened a lot. <laughs> I've done that with many people. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of, you know, go through the weeds and then you get to the, I guess the cream rises to the top and you see, okay, this person's good here. This person's good here. This person's solid all the way around. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our points here. So Kenya, your points. Okay, my point, I think this goes along with the video really well, how to find a church, because, and I have experience in this, I've found really good churches that's, that preach the word, that are Bible teaching, they don't have a lot of the extra entertainment seeker church vibes that tends to, that tends to be more popular, so... I'm experienced in this. So pretty much, number one, you want to be prayerful for wisdom as you search, which is what we talked about. Number two, you want to get rid of surface-level requirements. I think a lot of times people tend to get stuck on, oh, well, I only want to go to an all-block church, or I only want to go to this kind of church or this denomination of church. I think just as God can't be put in a box, I don't think we should go looking for churches that are in a box. Amen. So I would say that. Then number three, when searching online, look for keywords such as Bible teaching, expository teaching, and gospel teaching. That helped me a lot when it came to looking for churches um, because those are like big things. I want to be, you know, what he said. I want to be shown what God looks like. I want to be able to... I want to be able to go go to service, learn more about God, learn more about who He is. And there's a Bible a Bible verse that's like that says something about I want to become lesser and lesser, and He become greater and greater. That's right. how I decrease so that He may increase. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's what we should all be looking for when it comes to churches. And then number four, when you find a potential church, make sure you read through the about us in the mission section. That'll tell you a lot. And especially if you are in your word and you are reading, and you are prayerful, things will stick out to you and you'll be able to analyze if this is really a Bible speaking church, you know. And then number five, make sure you read the Google reviews. If it is a big enough church, they'll have reviews and usually you have an idea of like how they would teach there and then the last one if everything checks out give it a visit and i've never gone wrong once i've gone through all those steps so give it a shot i like that real quick before we get to my point tell people what expository teaching is i know i know bible teaching that's you know self-evident but people may not know exactly what expository teaching means okay yeah that's a good question that's a good one so yeah, expository teachings, basically, they kind of go line verse by verse and break down what it means. So instead of like some preaching styles, they'll like do a verse and then they'll have a sermon surrounding that verse and just kind of like talk about something surrounding that one verse. Whereas expository teachings like going line by line, verse by verse, explaining what that means. And putting it in its proper context, exactly. right? Instead of taking this verse and applying it to what they want to say, but the verse is out of context to what it actually, actually means yeah. in the in the scripture and the story that it was written by the author. 
um, they actually exposit their teachings like, okay, we're going to break this down. What does this mean? What was happening back then? What is the context? What is the style that this was written in? Because the Bible has different writing styles, right? It has yep. poetry. It has, you know, apocalyptic writing. It has all these different styles of writing. And so you have to understand and you have to know exactly. I mean, it's, it's similar to your literature class, right? Um, where you have to understand, okay, the author, when they were writing, kind of what was going on when they were writing it, the style that they were writing it. So how are people writing and breaking down uh, things in that style? So let's get to my point. So my point is social media will feed us what we or feed us what well, that's supposed to be what we want rather than what we need. This is why we must remain diligent in our pursuit towards Christ so that we are continually building wisdom and discernment. And I think that's the biggest thing. It the biggest takeaway that you can take from this segment is every single day you need to work towards Christ. You're building that relationship with Christ, Absolutely. your unique relationship, and not what your favorite preacher is telling you you should be doing, right? You can take advice from them, right? That's what they're there for. They're there to shepherd you, but they're not there to tell you exactly who you should be because God tells you exactly who you should be. Your identity should be in Christ. Drops and so Mike. that's what we want to leave you with. That's what we think. But we want to know what you think. Is social media ordering down the gospel? Please leave it down in the comment section. Before we get out of here, we'll get to some of our live chats here. T-Mac says, Christians need to stop judging. So, I think there's a time and a place. Well, I mean, I think it's hard not to... I, I understand the sentiment behind it because there's a way to hold people accountable, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's a casting condemnation on people. Like hypocrisy. Well, not even necessarily hypocrisy. It's just casting like actual condemnation on people mm -hmm. and throwing stones at people, right? Because, I mean, then it does lead to hypocrisy, right? Because nobody is above, one above the law, but nobody has kept the law, yeah. right? And so you can't, it's, it's like ba basically back to that story in John 9 where Jesus is like, let he who has, or let he without sin cast the first stone, essentially. And so I think that's what, when Christians say, stop judging, that's what they're getting at. But... Is when it comes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's a but. But when it comes to, okay, this person is a devoted Christian, right? Because the world's going to do what the world's going to do, yeah. right? And it's like, okay, we can recognize that that's sin, but they're they're wilding and they're being they're they're not following what we're what we're doing. So it's like, why would we expect them to live to the standard that we you know we live up to? Yeah. And so, but when it comes to Christians and somebody is saying, hey, this is the standard that I follow. This is the Jesus that I am, or I am seeking Jesus, right? But then they're turning their back essentially and they're living antithetical to the word of God. Then you're not judging them, but you're holding them accountable, which Paul talks about a lot, which is... Um, I mean, I don't have specific verses at the top of my head, but he talks a lot about, hey, hold your brother accountable. Um, iron sharpens iron. 
Yeah, I think that's in Proverbs, though. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, essentially, yeah. But if you're becoming dull, right, you want you would want somebody there to sharpen you, to um, essentially make you better. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your comment, T-Mac. Thank you. And then Mama Prophet put in... Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. That's John 7, 24. This shows Jesus wants us to judge, but we must judge righteously. Yeah, and so um, I think it's the difference between casting condemnation and kind of holding people accountable to the standard that they say that they want to live up to or that they are voluntarily participating in, right? Like if if I were to join a team, right, and I said, hey, I'm, I'm joining this team, and I signed the papers to show up to practice and to show up to games, right, but I don't show up to half the practices, and I'm, uh, maybe I'll come to this game, maybe I won't, or maybe I'll try, or maybe I'm not, right, then somebody should hold me accountable and say, hey, like, you signed up for this voluntarily, yeah, right? You said you were voluntarily going to take up your cross and follow Jesus. What happened? Why aren't you doing it? Right. And that's holding somebody accountable. That's not casting condemnation on them. Now, on the flip side, you could start throwing rocks at them and being like, you suck. You're a horrible person. You never do this. You never do that. And now nobody's winning. Right. Because you're throwing rocks at this person and you're degrading yourself in an unnecessary manner. Right. So there is that. All right. Mom Prophet says, the law of Moses says, in righteousness, you shall judge your neighbor. So, yeah. Like that. On Cindy's in the house, the social media is about popularity and ratings. The church was assigned to be the gatekeepers of the gospel. Amen. And then last comment from Mama Prophet. Unfortunately, not much gospel preached in the modern day. What you hear in the mainstream churches is a prosperity message. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah, a lot of the things that you hear, you need to take with a grain of salt. And not everything that's preached from, I guess, prosperity preachers is bad. But the problem is they mix in good things and good and good teaching with, okay, let's this is how you can do this and this and this and this. And then then they kind of go off the rails. Yeah. So that's why, again, you got to apply the wisdom and discernment and really seek Jesus for yourself and in the book. Absolutely. All right. Do you have anything to say? I'm good. All right. We'll be right back if you're in the live chat. If not, check out this video that is on your screen. We'll see you over there. This, this track meet in Birmingham, get ready for the Nationals and hope to put on a, put in a good performance. Um, just making sure she pushes out of both legs. 
out of the blocks and not just relying on one leg. Wow. Let's go do it. Woo! We're back. We are back. And we are better than ever. A quality pod. Miss Kenya Mack is on the ones and twos. She's practicing producing because yeah. I'm going to be gone next week. And yeah. she's going to get to produce. I'm going to be your producer, K Mack. How excited are you? I'm excited. All right. I learn new skills, you know, add it to my resume. Oh yeah, add that thing to your resume. Before we get into our next segment, I need you to work for the algorithm. There we go. Because <laughs> we're on a mission to spread some practical religion. The next segment that we are going to get into is five things Christians should never do. Yep. Five things Christians should never do. <laughs> Are you going to hit the button? I'm trying. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, there we go. No, it's hard to do both. It's hard to do both. Fortunately, um, you won't have to do both next week because yeah. it'll just be I'll my see show. You behind just, the yeah, there we go. But good, good, uh, get some practice in. So, yeah, we're about to get into five things Christians should never, ever, ever do. And it's a beautiful short. It gives you, I think, five Bible verses that are going to basically lead you in the right direction of these are the things that you shouldn't do and actually this is how you should overcome them so we're going to break that down here right now and i was running far away would off the wall someday nobody knows nobody knows i was dancing in the rain i felt mm. all right that was good. So let us let's rewind that again, and we're gonna stop at the first thing that it says. Oh, hold up. And I was hold up. So negative self talk. Yeah. Now this That's is a good one. Just very good advice, just in general. Um, and it's the Galatians. 20 or 220 20 which i'm about to pull up and just talk about negative self-talk and why that would be important for christians never to do it goes back to you know treating your body as a temple and your mind is part of your body so if you're constantly being negative or constantly degrading yourself you're degrading your mental health and then you're degrading i think ultimately 
how you view yourself and then how and then how you view yourself goes into how you how your actions display you know so yeah. i think it's just a, a ripple effect yeah also if you're kind of degrading yourself like you said you're not optimizing who god has made you to be exactly. right we all have gifts and abilities and a unique thing unique talent to offer the world right and if we're engaging in this negative self-talk if we're engaging in just negative thoughts in general we're not actively maximizing our abilities and you know what god has given us the ability to do and so i want to pull up galatians 2:20 on the screen so hit ndi there we go and it says and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And so when you think about that, it's really talking about how God or Jesus gave himself for us because he loved us, right? And so he's never going to want us to engage in this negative self-talk deprecating right especially when he's like no i i offered my life for you right i gave this in a loving way right and i want you what so that you can you know prosper right so that you can and not like prosper monetarily or like the prosperity gospel but prosper in your life right as far as like your spiritual health as far as your mental health emotionally you prosper and then of course you'll have everything that you need on earth as far as food water and shelter and just being being able to live a peaceful life right where you're not necessarily worried about what tomorrow is going to bring or worried about what happened in the past yeah So the next yeah. So the next thing is John six forty four. We're just talking about Christians should never judge others. So I really kind of broke that down. Yeah. So what were your what are your thoughts on judging? Because you were like, eh, hold no, up. That's what I agree. I agreed with you. I think there's there's certain certain instances on in which I think judging is okay in terms of, hey, I see you, mm-hmm. you're saying you're a Christian, but your actions aren't reflecting that. You're also my friend and my sister or brother in Christ. So this is me holding you accountable, not because like I'm con- condemning you, because one, Jesus didn't come to condemn anyways. It's not that I'm here to condemn you. I'm here to help you, hold you accountable, and lift you higher than where you are now. Mm, I like that. I like that. So yeah, when you're trying to hold somebody accountable, it's because you, you're actually trying to elevate them. Yeah, you see and, better for them. Right, and you're doing it in a way to, like you said, elevate them and to help them become a better version of who they are right then, a more Christ-like version of themselves. So yeah, I think that's I think that's very good. So I got John 644 up right now it says no one can come to me unless drawn by the father who sent me and i will raise that person up on the last day so i guess they were trying to say that this pertained to judging Wait, but let me 
No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. Maybe they're trying to say since it's not up to us to right. correct people. Only God can correct people, maybe. Right, because God's the one that's doing the drawing. Yeah. And God's, okay, so I kind of see that. But then you kind of get into this gray area where they're like, well, so do people just have... just aside and not... Yeah, do people have free will and all of that? So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's always kind of a tough Bible verse. But I think it's like, if you're drawn by the Father, it's like you're voluntarily giving your life up to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that is what is being materialized in you and so the father has drawn himself into you but you've kind of gone through that process voluntarily and so the people that haven't is like yeah you shouldn't judge them because again they're not living according to that standard right and so you can look out into the world and recognize okay christians we shouldn't be about this we shouldn't stand for this right because this isn't the standard that we should uphold and that's not judging the world. That's just saying, hey, like this is just something that we shouldn't partake in because this is not what we're about, right? Which is standard for any sort of organization or any sort of group. You have to have something to stand on or else you don't have a group, right? You just have a bunch of people that are just there, maybe with all different sorts of ideas. And it's like anarchy, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. comparing yourself to others so second corinthians 10 and 12 and i think that is a big one too a big one that a lot of people do especially in our social media age and i always quote that i guess it's the quote i guess it's just a quote i guess where it's like the enemy of your joy is comparison or the thief of your joy is comparison. There's all different deviations of that quote. But when you compare people or when you compare yourself to others, right, then you're partaking in coveting your neighbor, Mm -hmm. which is one of the Ten Commandments that we should try to uphold, right? And when when you covet your neighbor and you engage in this jealousy, then you're not focused on how you can become better in this moment. You're actually focused on what you don't have rather than working with what you do have to become a better Christ-like version of yourself, to become, to push forward in your pursuit of prosperity in Christ. And so I think that's why we, should, we shouldn't compare ourselves to others. Plus, like another quote that I like is you should never compare your chapter one to somebody's chapter 15 or whatever the chapters are. And that's because you can look at somebody and say they have the car and they have the house and they have the wife and they have this and they have that. Right. But you don't know what it took them to get to there. Yeah. And what if you haven't started your journey? Right. And even if you have started your journey, it doesn't matter because everybody's journey is different. Enjoy the process. Yeah, just enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, and take it one step at a time. And then it's like, how do you build a mansion? It's like one brick at a time or one, you know, one one structural piece at a time. Yeah, and and then you look up and then it's like, oh, big house. 
right? Or, oh, I accomplished this, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than if you just sit back and you look at, oh, wow, that house next door, that's a big house. And you just marvel at that. And it's like, man, I wish I had that big house. I wish it was finished. It's like people want the trophy, but they don't want to work to get the trophy, to do mm-hmm. what is needed so that they can obtain the actual goal. They just want the the glory without the without the effort, without the sweat, without the work that actually goes into it. And so you're you're just never gonna be fruitful as a person if you're doing that because you're just getting something for nothing. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> so I got Corinthians two twelve Pulled up here, it says, We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves. But when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they do not show good sense. And so, essentially what you said. Yeah. It's like we're not comparing with someone who is you know, holding themselves up and or somebody who's got it figured out or even people who are model citizens. It's good to have good role models in your life. Yeah. It's good to have shepherds in your life, like your pastor or your, like your parents that are guiding you, who you look up to, right? Who are great leaders that you follow, right? But that doesn't mean you compare yourselves to them like, oh, I want to be them or, oh, I wish I had what they had, right? Now it's good to say, okay, I want to be like this person, like the character, part of it i think that's good to draw from like that's what we're striving to do we're trying to become the character of christ because obviously we aren't christ just like i'm not kenya but i can see things in kenya that i'm like okay i like this quality about her i need to work on that and you know apply it to my life so that i become a holier person right so yeah we should never be comparing ourselves to other. Let's get to the next. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Being prideful. Now. Pride comes before the fall. Yes. And I mean, this is just a big one here. I got Proverbs 16.5 already pulled up. It says, all those who are arrogant are an abomination to the Lord. Be assured they will not go unpunished. And I think pride pride kills a lot of men, right? Even if they've built themselves up and they've built a good following, whether it was through godly means or ungodly means, if they're like very, very prideful, and when I mean ungodly means, I just mean they weren't following Jesus, right? That doesn't mean that they necessarily were doing things that were unholy, right? They could have been people of integrity that just built, but they just weren't believers. But anyway, I think that... I just kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, um, but pride is... It, it destroys the heart of men because it, it doesn't go unpunished because people who are prideful... They always, like that that darkness that is within them, a light has always shined upon it because there's always good people, right, that will come and sniff it out, that will shine that light back on them. And so you can't hide in darkness forever, 
right? It eventually will always come to light. And that's a great thing about humans. It's like we're we're pretty good at sniffing out the darkness, even if it's from somebody who's past, right? But then you kind of learn, okay, even though they did all these dark things and it wasn't public while they were alive, they were, you know, kind of tormented while oh, they yeah. were alive, right? Yeah. Even though in the public it looked like everything was fine and they were like this, you know, living the life of Riley. So, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, this saying, hard head makes a soft behind. You never heard that? I have heard that. Okay, yeah. That's funny. It's it's like, that's how pride is. Like, something something always happens. And, I mean, it's either going to humble you or Mm -hmm. destroy you. Right, because it's like, those who humble themselves will be exalted. But those who exalt themselves, they're ultimately going to be humbled. And so, you always want to... Humility is a, a key ingredient, especially for men right, who are generally in more leadership roles, because if you don't have humility, you're either going to lead your people to destruction or you're going to be overthrown because you're too prideful and arrogant to lead effectively. So I think we got one more. Hold up. Speaking corruptly towards others. So I think that goes back to what we were just talking about with judging. It's like, are you actually holding them accountable? And how are you holding them accountable? Are you saying like, hey, I see where you are right now, but I want what's best for you, right? And God wants what's best for you. So you're pushing them towards what they could be, or are you speaking down on them, throwing rocks, throwing stones? I think... It made me think of the negative self-talk one mm. because it's kind of like instead of doing it onto yourself, you're doing it onto others. And the same thing that happens if you do it onto yourself, it'll be on to that person. So I think it's like the same results happen. Uh-huh. Same results occur. I like that. I like that. All right. So that was the last one. I got Ephesians 4.29 pulled up. It says, let no evil talk. Come out of your mouth, but only what is good for building up as there is need so that the, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And so I think that's a good message of how to judge effectively, right? Because it's saying that, hey, don't talk evil upon somebody. Don't condemn them. Don't cast stones at them, right? But build them up as needed right and so sometimes people know what they did wrong and you just kind of need to let them or just leave them alone because it's like okay that person's solid they may have slipped up okay we'll let them figure it out now there's some instances where it's like okay like you're better than that all right come on like i I know you know but i just want to make sure that we're on one accord because we we're 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 above what you just did, right? And so, as needed, um, you need to. But you also need to give grace to those who hear, right? And so, I think this is giving good advice to or of how to speak to people when you are holding them accountable. I agree. All right. So, 
We have some points that we are going to get to. Before we get to those points, though, we have a question. Topics? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I got a question. All right. What are things Christians should never do? Right? So we just went through five. We want to know if you have... Any more to add to this list of stuff that we should never do? And we'll get to your comments right after we get to our points. So, Kenya's point. Hit it again. Okay. My point is, the biggest one that stuck out to me was negative self-talk. I see this happen so many times, whether that's out on pickleball, on the pickleball courts, or in group settings. And... They'll call themselves stupid or they'll just down talk themselves. And I think if God's desire is for us to be whole and he created us with such intention, why would he want us to talk down on ourselves, no matter what the circumstances? Um, So just as we should build others up, we should also build ourselves up. I like that. Amen to that. So my point is... Very short and succinct. It says Christians should never quit on God, even when things seem grim. Because I think that's what all of these, like the things in the video were pointing towards. It's like, okay, self-talk is like, well, do you think God can't handle the, like what you're going through in this moment? Right, Judging others is like, are you really upholding to you know, the standard that God has for you. All the things are seem to be a lack of reliance on the bigger picture of what God is drawing you towards, right? And it says, it goes back to that Bible verse, I forget which one, I think it was the second one that we went over where it's like God is drawing us towards him, right? And when we're engaging in all these things that we should never do, right? Then it's generally because we've kind of turned our back towards God and God's not really drawing us anymore, right? Or we're not letting him pull us towards him, right? We're actually, you know, turned away from him. Kind of like, was it Abraham or Moses that had to turn his back towards God? I think. Yeah. It's almost like we feel ashamed because God's glory is too great for us to behold and too unimaginable for us, right? And so it's like we turn our back towards it, but when we turn our back, all we see is darkness and all we can participate and walk into is darkness, right? But God's like, no, I'm going to give you grace and I'm going to give you mercy, right? Turn Turn back towards the light, walk towards me, so. That's good. All right, so that's just what we think. We want to know what you think. What are some things Christians should never, ever do? Leave it down in the comments. If you're in the live chat, we'll be right back with our last segment. It's a doozy. All right.
Wow, that knee, knee drop. Uh, we're gonna work through this this track meet in Birmingham. Get ready for the nationals and hope to put on a put in a good performance. Um, just making sure she pushes out of both legs, out of the blocks, and not just relying on one leg. Wow. Let's go do it. What is up, people? Hey, Sonic. Uh, Sonic's in the house. Maybe she'll jump up here later. We got some quality comments. Actually, we got one. And it is from Aunt Cindy. Being disrespectful. <laughs> Christian should never forget to show the prince on quality entertainment. Like for the algorithm. Man. Got Miracle in the house. See, the thing is, Jesus. The thing is, shout out to Miracle. Like shout for the Miracle. algorithm. Yeah, like for the algorithm. Shout out to Miracle. Behind the madness. I like that. I think she just changed that. That's cool. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, I couldn't make the AI characters today because I'm busy, okay? I'm sorry, I'm only a man, only God can judge me, all those Christian cliches. <laughs> Leave me alone, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> he'll be back, not not this coming up week, because I'll be out of town all week, but he'll be back the on following week, the following week, so. right? And maybe we'll do double trouble just for you and my mom, because y'all just love this animated man so much. Y'all need t-shirts. Jesus. Yeah, we're going to put him on a t-shirt and sell them. <laughs> all the girls going to go crazy. Ain't that a shame. Ah, Prince of Earth. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, she popped up. Oh, she Sonic's in up. the house. Hello. Hello, Miss Sonic. <laughs> you got to talk. She's so. a celebrity. Yeah. Yep. Cute. That's my new kitty cat. So. All right. But uh, back to uh, regularly scheduled programming. Miracle Behind the Madness says Christians should stop trying to not offend people and just focus on the message. I like that. It's like, yeah, at the end of the day, let's get back. Let, make the main thing the main thing. <laughs> let's get back to the basics. That's why I like, you know, the people that you were talking about earlier, like Idol Killer, Beyond the Fundamentals, mm -hmm. because they're very diligent in trying to seek how the early Christians were thinking. Right. I mean, it's hard because the further you get away from the core of Christianity and how it was built, the more diluted the message is going to get and yeah. kind of the more outlandish things are going to get. And so putting yourself back into the context 
of how they were living, how they were thinking, what was going on, and then looking at the words that they wrote and then then applying them to, okay, how does this apply to me today? What can I take to press forward towards God? Now you're becoming more Christ-like, right? It's not yeah. just, okay, this verse, all right, this is cool. This applies to this thing going on here is in modern day. And it's like, no, it doesn't. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. <laughs> right. They, they weren't even thinking about what we're thinking about. They didn't even have Wi-Fi back then. So calm down. Now we can apply principles that were established and different motifs within the Bible, within the scriptures to get an idea of how to handle it or how maybe they would have handled it. Right. But some things aren't talking about Wi-Fi or technology or different things like that. So, yeah, we just we just got to be. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> yeah, there's something I think is beyond the fundamentals. He does charts a lot, I think. Yeah, he's the one that does charts. Yeah, there was this one chart he did that was really interesting where it was comparing being, I guess, more in the ideological frame of mind like like denominations kind of versus oh yeah he's big on like being an ideologue he has this thing called yeah. mammon church whether yeah. you're serving mammon church which is like the the church of man and of wealth and of greed and everything basically just being a participant of that or are you actually following christ and what the scriptures say and engaging with other believers to push your understanding and your intellect and your spiritual growth forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the chart was like, there was like a baseline of Christ mm -hmm. essentially. And then it would like swiggle and it would be, that's like us going away from the mark. Oh uh, yeah. And then coming back and going away from the mark, coming back. I thought that was really interesting. I like it. Like it. All right, we're gonna get into our last topic. <laughs> this one's this one's gonna be fun. It is our leaders need nurseries, not votes. You see that little picture at the bottom right hand corner of your screen? That's Joe Biden and Mitch McConnell. They're on different sides of the political aisle, but they're what? the same. They're the same. All of our leaders are the same. They need nurseries and not votes. Even the people who are able to walk around because they need some serious spiritual guidance. They need to be nursed. They need to be on some milk. They need to be on something, not getting votes and not leading us. And so, hey, Sonic. Now Sonic's with me. So we're about to get into this. Before we get into this, I, I do want to pose this question. So we're going to pose the question actually a little bit early. Question. And it is, why are people we elect unfit to lead? Literally, and figuratively. So they're literally unfit to lead because some of them just aren't physically able to, you know, move around without handlers. Yeah. But then also on the other side of that, they're unfit because they don't have the sharpness of mind. They don't have actual leadership capabilities and abilities. They're being run by their team, essentially. And yeah, it's just it's just getting out of hand. So big news came out earlier this week where Mitch McConnell froze 
again. All right, you got to get down. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mitch McConnell froze again on live TV. And this is the second time that it's happened within a month, but we're going to break it down from a Christian perspective and try to go through, like, is this something that, you know, as believers, we should be championing? Is this people we should be voting for? I see your comments. We'll get to them in a second. Another troubling incident for Mitch McConnell. What are your thoughts on running for re-election in 2026? What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh, Then the 81-year-old Senate minority leader stood silent. An aide steps in. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? Yes. Still just a blank expression. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Hold up. Should even be a question. That should never come out of anybody's mouth when it pertains to somebody in a high leadership role in one of the, well, in the most prominent country on the planet. This is the Senate majority, or the House, is it Senator House? Senate. Senate. I think he's the Senate majority leader, right? And this is the product that we're putting out, which shows us where our society is. Minority leader. A minority, yeah, that's right, because Dems, the Dems won yeah. it the last, the last time around. Yeah, that's right. So, but this shows you that if you want to look at the state of a society and where they're headed, just look at the leaders. Yeah, right. Joe Biden is the leader of the free world. Mitch McConnell is the Senate minority leader, but he is a leader in the of the Senate, which are supposed to be the top one hundred. You know representatives of each state right you only get two per state so it's it's just it's just crazy this is unfathomable that this is even allowed right the first time it happened it should have been an automatic red flag hey get this guy out of here get somebody new in <laughs> right get him out right I just, I just don't think 2026 shouldn't even be an option it shouldn't even be a question for him it shouldn't even be available yeah it shouldn't be available for a lot of people on both sides on both sides right because our leaders should be a ref- and i get they this. have to make decisions yeah. they have to make decisions for the whole country and and he can't answer the question because he blinked out but yes yeah, but it goes to the question of like all right if these are our leaders where are they leading us to exactly they're not leading us anywhere so then where are we In headed this <laughs> right and that's why there's so much dissension because we have no unity we have no core identity in the united states we we don't have anything yeah. right there's no culture for us to rally yeah. around to become one nation under god that is lost right yeah. now that's something that conservatives say all the time but they're doing a pretty poor job of Making, trying to make it one nation under God and trying to find a core thread that unites us all. Yeah, and that makes me want to touch on, in the Republican debate, I think Vivek, that's how you say his name, he touched on like how there's no just like unity anymore. And people were coming for him for saying that. When it's true, there's no unity anymore. Yeah, because... Because... People want to believe that there's unity, but there's only unity on their side of the aisle. Yeah. Right. And they just look at the other side as the quote unquote people that don't know what they're talking about. And then they also conflate the idea that, oh, the people on our side of the aisle, oh, we're the majority. 
they do it on both sides. It on the di- on yeah. the left side, they'll they'll be like, oh no, like we know that most people just don't think like this. Yeah. And the same thing on the right side. It's like, well, um, then how are we ever supposed to come together? Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy because uh, I I've seen two two videos today where people are saying completely opposite things about the same exact <laughs> topic or yeah. video or whatever it is. So it's yeah. just it's just unfathomable, and we need to get back to trying to find, again, that common thread that unites us rather than these things that draw us apart from each other. Now, some of the things that we disagree on, there's some heavy things, right? But at the end of the day, if we're going to thrive as a society and then thrive as a culture, we have to find something that unites us that can help propel us forward or else we're not going anywhere. Let's get back to the video. A member of his security detail comes forward. Okay. Somebody else have a question? Please speak up. Last month, McConnell. Okay, I've had enough of this. This is ridiculous. So, yeah, he blanks out. They try to ask him some more questions, and he, he basically can't answer them like that they'll ask him a question and then his handler assistant whatever you want to call her says hey it's a question about trump or hey it's a question about this so he's not even actually answering and processing what the question actually is he's just giving a premeditated answer yeah just for whatever the topic is yeah this is canned answer for yeah whatever the subject matter is and that's absolutely ridiculous and it's not a sign of somebody who should be leading us forward so yeah that's bad on the republican side on the conservative side on the right if you will but it's just as bad on the left because the leader of the free world is mr joe biden and this is what australia sky news thinks about him so this is this is very interesting checking on the leader of the free world the man who holds the most powerful position on earth, US President Joe Biden. Yesterday, the president traveled to North Carolina to visit the recently renamed Fort Liberty to sign an executive order. And sadly, things did not go well. Here's just 10 seconds of the president staring into space, looking utterly bewildered and disorientated. Everybody cross their <laughs> And this is, it, it does not work. This is a great opportunity to show you how our students have to troubleshoot things. Oh, dear me. Did not get much better when he said a few words, or at least tried to. Nash County, uh, uh, excuse me, Edgecombe. uh. It's like somebody took the DJ board and was like, It's like, or system (laughs) malfunction, system malfunction. It's it's unreal. Like, this is supposed to be the guy who is supposed to unite the country. Granted, now you say the president doesn't have as much power. Yeah, but he is. He still makes decisions, like really big decisions. Right, and he's still at the forefront of the country, right? Represents us. He represents (laughs) us In front of other countries. And this is the product that we are voting for. Now, we do have the power to change this. And so that is what we're going to get into right after we finish reacting this video. County. The president also repeated the lie that his late son, Bo, died in Iraq. And then the new administration came in and 
In the meantime, things changed in our life and our family. I lost my son. We lost our son in, in Iraq. Anyway. <laughs> Biden keeps repeating that lie in speeches. He's uttered it at least four times this year alone. The truth is his son did not die in Iraq. He died in Maryland. And it wouldn't be Joe Biden appearance. Did I mispronounce Maryland? <laughs> because you're looking at weird James. Maryland? Maryland? Where, 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 Why do Americans have all these different weird versions of names? I know. Stuff, like Houston County. So, it's Houston. Uh, quick, yeah, quick, quick sidebar. Our county that we live in in Georgia, in Georgia, is spelled Houston. So everybody who comes here that's not from here say, oh, yeah, we're in Houston County. Houston. No, you're in Houston County. And if you come here and say Houston, we're going to correct you and we're going to think you're being disrespectful. But in reality, <laughs> it's, spelled, it's spelled just like Houston. And so it's, it's just Americans just being Americans, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole history lesson on that. I won't get into that. But, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Back to the sad and uh, the president should know his son did not die in Iraq and should stop lying about it. But as with every Joe Biden appearance, there's the befuddled president becoming hopelessly disorientated oh, on stage fun. after ending his speech, unsure of what to do and where to go. Have a look at this performance and ask yourself, is this man fit to sit in the Oval Office? He looked like some of those people in church right before they about to catch the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know what I mean? When they have that look on their face, like, should I do it? Should I do it? And then they, they just start breaking out. I was about to, I was expecting him to break out and start, start shouting. Praise dancing. Yeah. But now he just... <laughs> nothing. Just nothing. Just... <laughs> just... Just... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just absolutely nothing. Someone get him. <laughs> God desires a relationship with you over your reputation. Yeah, God <laughs> desires a re relationship with you over your reputation. So, <laughs> Cindy said, hold up, hold up. He needs some milk. <laughs> yeah, he should be in a nursery, not getting votes. All right. We are about to ask this question again, though. Why are people, why are the people we elect unfit to lead? We're about to get to our points. We're about to answer your comments right after we get to them. So starting with Kenya. Oh, my point is there's a time for everything. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 tells us this. And there's a time when we should rest and enjoy the fruits of our labor just as there is retirement for corporate jobs, it might be good to have that for all branches of government because they are representatives of everyone in the country. And I think there should be a level of cognitive operation <laughs> before being able to lead the world Amen. or lead the country. So. Yeah, and I think we have a miracle who said... Something to that effect in the chat as well. So we'll get to that. But first, we're going to get to my point. If we want better, 
We must demand better from both sides and both parties. Our leaders should be a reflection of what we want our community to look like. Sadly, our leaders need nurseries more than they need votes. It's like, if we want better, then we need to demand better and start voting for better to change the direction of what this country is. I think... Or, or... It's not a true democracy like they say it is. And if that's not the case, well, then we have a whole different situation on our hands that I won't talk about what we need to do on YouTube. But I think that's where we are. I think it goes back to not just like ideology faith faith wise, but ideology politically too. kind of not just staying in the box because you're told to be in that box or because it represents your identity. I think it should be more about, okay, what is best for your family, for your future family, for your town, for your city? What's best policy-wise rather than just, oh, well, identity-wise, I would say. I like that. What's best policy-wise more than identity-wise? Like, what's best? What is going to be best for your- people to flourish here yeah. rather than for people to establish or to champion certain identities because at the end of the day we can all have different identities we can all have different beliefs but we all have to live here as people yeah right and if we want to still have a thriving society where the most people can flourish then we're gonna have to figure it out we're gonna have to find some common thread like i keep alluding to let's get to some of your comments though we have a lot regarding this subject matter and i Love it. So I'm queuing up the last couple here. Here is the first one. Miracle behind the madness says, I truly think there should be a better baseline of mental slash physical requirements to run for office. I agree. Man, y'all two, I mean, y'all, y'all two peas in the pod there. <laughs> I mean, there's requirements to join the military. There's requirements to become a Navy SEAL. There's requirements to... Do certain things. So for someone that's supposed to be the commander in chief and is in charge of so many things, like Aunt Cindy said, like nuking. Right. <laughs> nuking things. I think there should just be a certain level of level. cognitive. Yes. That there should, the American, be, a ba- there should well, be a baseline. And the American people should have access to it of like, okay, what did this person score? Because they're the public servant that we oh. put in office. Yeah. Right. And so it, it should be an open book. It shouldn't be, oh, he passed. Right. It shouldn't be one of those things that we should be able to see because at the end of the day, he's representing us. He's a public servant, which goes back to one thing that you often hear is like, why are all the public servants so rich? Right. They become public servants and then they automatically just become rich and they prominent become, with their prominence. Not just right? rich. They're like mega rich like wealthy wealthy yeah yeah which is which is interesting right and i think that's why jesus uh says that the son of man did not come to serve but to or to be served but he came to serve yeah and that's also why he said it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven because a lot of people who are rich become greedy they become prideful and they become so focused on their identity back to what you said become so wrapped up in getting money Right. And that's when they start serving the mammon church or just mammon in general, rather than serving 
the people that they that they signed up to serve, right? That they that they said that they were going to serve, that they swore on the Bible, which they're trying to throw that out too, that they swore that they would serve and to uphold and protect the the rights of the people and to uphold the constitution and everything like that. So yeah, it's unreal. All right. People often vote based upon name recognition. Lazy voters just vote without researching anything yeah. about the candidate. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Like, yeah. even like when you go vote and you see an incumbent on there, like a lot of people are just like, well, he did a good enough job. I didn't have any issues with him being an incumbent. So I'm just going to vote for him again, not necessarily researching his voting record or researching the other, the other opponent either. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Research is key when it comes to a lot of these elections and also understanding that your local election affects you more than the like the general election for yeah. the president, because that affects what policies are going to be your in schools. place in your immediate area. Yep. So that's what you should actually do the most research on is who is you know, in charge of education for your kids around your county or who's in charge of, you know, the commissioner, your tax commissioner, d- d- just different things like that because that's going to influence how things are done, how maybe roads are being paved or not being paved or, you know, just different things going on within your community. All right. Miracle Behind the Madness says, this is what happens when the country no longer understands what leadership looks like and just vote based on feelings and party loyalty and yep. never told a yep. lie. Tell them. I, mean, I mean, that's true. And again, y'all two are just in sync. Where, y'all are just, <laughs> where you just kind of said that the miracle has a basically just something to support that uh, comment to support it. They want the money and perks. Amen. And that's all they want. Right. Love of money. It's the root of all evil. It's a dangerous thing out here. All right, Miracle Madness says, like the fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah, and it's it's funny because there was a guy who was on Impact Theory with Tom Bilyeu. Did you watch that? I didn't watch it yet, but I knew you you, watched it. Yeah, and it's it's wild how similar, basically every empire that in human history follows kind of the same trajectory where it experiences wealth and it goes up and then it gets to like 100-year, 125-year mark, and then like something happens right and then they start to fall and decline and so the united states is showing yeah the united states is showing the very similar pattern to all of those empires that have fallen in a similar manner so the the good news is we can right the wrongs because we have the data that says hey if you don't do this this is probably going to happen but the bad news is people just going people Humans People going human, people. you know what I mean? It's like a lot of times we are doomed to repeat history because we don't understand the gravity of history and the context of how history is repeating in our modern day. So, all right. Other countries notice how divided we are too. That's scary. Yeah, like the, the Australians oh, yeah. are literally kind of mocking the president of the United States, which is unreal. Like, like they're better than us essentially like oh this is a leader of the free world and it's funny because they're like yeah we know that united states is great and all that but ha ha this is their leader 
Mm-hmm. Like, look at what he's doing. It's- yeah. And I don't know. I can't remember who I was talking to about this or what I was listening to. But they were saying how other countries, for example, China, like, they know that we're divided. And and they can use that to their advantage by keeping us divided through, you know, means of TikTok. Like, TikTok. Mm. Yeah. You, you just put yourself in this little your own category you get the algorithm sends you whatever it wants to send you and that in itself can keep us divided even more and if we're never together we're never on the same page we're never on the same accord it's easy to infiltrate yeah warfare is more informationally driven and technology technologically driven more so than fought on the battlefield like yeah. the last you know battlefield type war well, real war was like World War Two, and then I mean, well, Vietnam. There was a couple others after that, but now war is kind of fought like like cyber security. That's why cyber security is becoming so big. But also, just like, what are we able to feed this nation to draw like their minds towards? Like they're dividing us in a very Orwellian way, right? It's it kind of reminds you of the 1984 where Big Brother's always watching and they're getting fed all these different things that influences their perception of the world. And if you shape people's perception, right, then that creates their reality. And then if you're outside of that shaping it, then you can manipulate them however you want. And so, yeah, that's a good point because some of these countries don't have an incentive to help us out, right? Because if we fall, then they're like, oh, we're next in line. We, we get to be the big dogs. So it's like, why would they help us out? Something to chew on. Hey, All right. we have we have a new person in the chat. Oh, we do. Yeah, I, I'm still. Oh, who is this? Shout out to. Let me see. Art Vandalay Productions. Art Vandalay Productions. How Welcome. have you both contributed to uniting people rather than uh, divide us further? Oh, that's a good question. So. I would say, well, one is we're trying to platform. Yeah. One, we're trying to start a platform where people can unite and we're, of course, like we are unapologetically about being Christian. So, I mean, if you're not Christian, it's not like we're going to expel you, but if, if you aren't and you're not about it, then it's like, I mean, that's okay. Right. We're, we're not going to condemn you, but we're also not going to, right. We're not, we're not going to condemn you, but we're not going to just throw you out to the wolves, right? Like, we're going to extend grace because that's kind of the principles that we believe in or that Christians should believe in. But also just understanding that, hey, we're living in a time of dissension. And so when we approach people who have differing views than us, right, going in in an ironic way, which means aiming towards peace. I think that's a Latin word that means aiming towards peace rather than saying, okay, I disagree with you. You ain't, you, you ain't nothing, right? Like we just going to disagree or agree to disagree, right? We need to find common ground so that we can give a better understanding of people, then go back. Um, and like, yeah, T-Mac just said, we need to learn from each other so that we can better become, approach. Yeah, and become whole. Yeah, so that we can better approach different conversations because none of us have it all figured out. And the more perspective, perspectives that we get right the better we're able to interact with people and get a holistic understanding Um, but also just 
now that we're getting older, like I'm 26 or 26 as well, we understand the great the greater responsibility of what it means to do your research, getting out to the polls, to be active in your community. And that can look different for a lot of people. So it doesn't mean you have to be active politically, right? Um, we play pickleball out in our community where we meet people of all... Every, know, new people every just, day. We need new people every, every, every day who... Different personalities, people who maybe leaning left, maybe leaning right, maybe down the middle. Who knows? It doesn't matter, right? But the fact that we get to come together and play something that's common to all of us, right? And we get to know these people. So when, you know, conversations come up, it's not like we're, you know, throwing rocks at the other people. We already have this baseline understanding. And that's how we can draw people together, even when we disagree. It's like you got to get out in your community, got to participate. It could be sports. Um, it could be just just anything, anything kind of that organization. you're of interest. Yeah, or even like for me, like I'm in Palo Alto, and I and the girls or the women that I'm with, like we're in a group. Mm, so yeah. and I know them. And the same thing that you said about pickleball can be taken with the women that I go to Pilates with. Right, and again, and again, those you don't know if those people are Christian or not, right? Yeah. But you, it's not like you're like, oh, they're not Christian, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not, not going to hang out with them. them. I'm not going to yeah. talk with them. Or yeah, it's it, you got to engage with people. Always treat them, or always know where they are. Right, treat them for what they are, but always, or excuse me, let me back that up. Always recognize where they are in their life, but always treat them for what they could be, which is to say that any conversation that you have with them, you're always trying to, one, learn from them, but also help them to become better. Because when you're trying to help people become better, you're becoming better in the process, like iron sharpens iron. So, all right. So Art Vandalee has another comment. He says, the ideas floated by certain congressmen about turning our country into Christian nationalists or into a Christian nationalist I respect everyone's beliefs, but historically Christian nationalism has a bad track record. No, yeah, I just definitely agree. I think the people who are on Christian nationalism, that's, yeah, that gets into the weeds because generally those people, he said, holy, yeah, those people have started like the crusades and everything. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think the, like the crusade wars and all those holy wars are Christ-like at at all, at all. It's just people in the name of Christianity doing things because they think that's what the faith is all about. But that's not what the what Christ was not what what would have wanted or what what Christ was aiming to do. And so, no, yeah, I'm definitely with you, Art Vandalee, on that. Um, Separation of church and state is pretty fundamental to our country. Foundational. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's foundational to our country. Yeah, and so, I mean, yeah, uh, because we have the freedom of religion, right, we we should respect that. And so, I mean, but at the the same point, like, there's places like uh, Utah. What's that salt? Well, Utah was a— well, I'm thinking of like the Mormon, where where a lot of the Mormons live, right? Yeah. So they kind of have a— they kind of they don't have a separation of church and state where they live because they're living in a community. But at large, yeah, I definitely agree. There's got to be there's probably needs to be a separation of church and state because what happens with anybody who attains power, it starts to become corrupted, right? Because one, humans are flawed, and two, a lot of times we vote people in, and even if they have a good heart initially, 
tends to go to their head. And if they're not checked correctly, then, you know, you get things like, you know, the crusades and everything like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Miracle Miracle says, uh, yeah, First Amendment rights. And, yeah, appreciate appreciate you pulling up Art Vandalie Productions. Uh, good to see a new face in the chat. Um, we're going to get to a few more comments before we get out of here because I have to get ready for this, <laughs> this long week I'm about to impart on. Um, before I get to the last comments, I want to pull up our schedule really quick. This is when we'll be back. Monday, I will have a profitable conversation, uh, hopefully with Alan Jay. I'm about to send him over some of the information of what we're going to talk about. It's going to be a really fruitful conversation. If yeah. you don't know who Alan Jay is, him and Miracle, who's in the chat, just joined the Quality Entertainment Network. They have a wonderful show called The Conscious Outlet, where they're exploring the intersections of coal, or culture, uh, faith, and media to you know, just push conversation further, much like we do on the Quality Pod, but it's just a different couple, so you don't have to see our faces yep. every single day. Yep. Um, so go check them out. They have a wonderful conversation uh, from that they streamed last week on why neuroscientists are telling you to delete your social media, essentially. And so um, they have some more shows coming out, but I will be having a, my solo show with Alan. We're going to get into some really good conversation there. Probably about how to be, you know, a more godly man, a more man of integrity. So just to give you a little hint, but we're going to iron the details out. And then on Tuesday, we're going to have another profit conversation. So if you don't know, if you're new here, like Art Vandaly, I coach baseball on the weekends. And so I have my players pull up, ask me questions. I have maybe two or three on at a time and we just kind of get to know them. And it's a good platform for them to showcase their character because these are high school kids and they are trying to, they're bidding to get a scholarship uh, to play at the next level. And so if they can possibly chop this up and send it to a college coach, that can make them stand out because everybody can get, can show video now because, you know, everybody has a phone and they can take video. But what college coaches want now besides video is one, they want personality, but two, they want, they don't really know your character by looking at your swing or if it's a different sport, looking at how fast you run. Right. And that's generally the biggest differentiator of whether you stay at that school or whether you don't is how well you fit with that culture, um, which is something that we talked about with Ked on on our on one of the shows. It was it was on the Monday show. So and then uh, Wednesday we'll have no show, um, possibly no show after that because I'll be gone until through that weekend, but uh, we'll see. We'll have uh, videos chopped up for you coming out hopefully every day, but I'm going to be really busy, so we'll see about that. But we're at uh, 673 subscribers. That may be uh, a little different, but that was at the beginning of the show. Goal is to get to 1,000, so thank you for sharing this with your family and friends. We're on a good track. Let's get to a few more comments before we get out of here. Um, so Mama Prophet says, no, he's not fit to sit in office. Yeah, I would agree with that. Amen. Yeah, I would agree as well. <laughs> yeah, and Aunt Cindy says he still has access to the nukes, y'all. I mean, yeah, that's kind of a scary thing. I mean, it, I don't think he has the access to him. I think it's somebody on his team. I don't think it's actually him. And uh, Miracle says nobody respects the U.S. anymore. Yeah, and that's that's really sad. People in the U.S. don't even respect the U.S. anymore. Yeah, you have one one side of the political aisle saying that the whole country needs to be revamped and reformed, and the other side of the aisle saying we need to go back in time to 
1776. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go back to <laughs> That seems a little scary, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, thank you guys for um, your comments and participating. Man, our, our leaders need nurseries, not votes. Uh, but we can change that. We can elect leaders. Um, and, and this starts with you too. Be a leader to going back to being out in the community, right? Join a community, right? And then don't necessarily seek a leadership role, yeah. but start to engage with people. And if you have the opportunity and you feel called to be in a leadership role and to serve people, like actually serve them and, and not just take up the title for the sake of having power, then that's how we start to change things. But it starts with the individual, people taking on personal responsibility and leading themselves before they can lead others. So that's where we'll leave you for tonight. Thank you again for everybody who tuned in. Remember, we'll be back on Monday live. Shout out to Kenya, who will be in the producer's bay because I'll be K Matt. I will be out of town on a countrywide tour filming. So countrywide tour. Yeah. So <laughs> that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. All right, guys. We'll see you on Monday.